Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Marvin McIlvaney brings a Bible in the News report. But first, Pastor Larry Spargimino welcomes Dr. Charles Thurston to Watchmen on the Wall to discuss his book, Olive Bait Soup. No, this isn't a cooking show. Olive and Bait are the first two letters of the Hebrew alphabet. As ancient and mysterious as this foreign alphabet of antiquity may appear at first, it gave rise to a major portion of our more familiar modern English language. Was Hebrew the first language spoken on earth? The Old Testament was written mostly in Hebrew, and the language is still spoken today. Each new insight that we may encounter in the Hebrew letters will make us closer followers of God's book, the Bible. Are there messages in the text of the Bible that are not apparent in a translation? Is there something deeper behind the Hebrew and Greek text of the Bible? I assure you, friends, that we have two fascinating programs with our guest, Dr. Chuck Thurston, MD, and he's many more things than that, and you'll hear about that. Dr. Thurston has a fascinating ministry. He's a medical doctor, a missionary, and a pilot. And we're offering our listeners Dr. Thurston's book, A Left Bet Soup, Decoding the Hidden Message in the Letters of the Book. Dr. Thurston, welcome to our program. It's such a privilege to have you on. Likewise. Thank you very much. You have so many accomplishments to your name, I, I wouldn't know where to start. So maybe in about a minute, if you could condense it, just tell us who you are and what you're really passionate about, all in a minute. Okay. I'm a 71-year-old ER doctor for the past half century, where I worked in about 100 different hospitals in seven or eight states and countries doing medical mission work in Haiti, Belize, Guatemala, and also doing some clinics and establishing things in Jordan, Israel, and not too much with Israel, but we were founding a hospital in Jordan. And it didn't go through because of the recent pandemic, which was a pandemic. I'm board certified in emergency medicine. I'm multi-engine instrument pilot, not commercial. I had an airplane they kept right here by at Mission Field Airport, which we sold to a rich guy a long time ago when they got out of control for a price. And I spent thousands of hours in the air with all kinds of adventures. Flying is hours and hours of boredom interspersed with moments of sheer terror. And it improves your prayer life tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> I was a COVID ICU doctor from oh. New York to El Paso. Wow, you've had a lot of experience. It's just amazing. Well, a basic opening question for this program and the next. Why are the original languages of the Bible so important, and what is special about the Hebrew Old Testament? Well, there's a couple major things. First of all, Hebrew is most likely, according to the 1765 first Hebrew-English Bible that was ever published in England, first languages spoken on the earth were probably Hebrew. God spoke to Adam and Eve in Hebrew. He spoke to the, to the world in Hebrew. And that's a, it's the original, it's not a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy. I live in Ohio, and we live sort of on the edge of the world. The center of the world is right near Jerusalem. It's centrally located to uh, all the continental mass of the world. And we're out here on the periphery, and the real estate far away from downtown cities is inexpensive. The real estate downtown is very expensive because it's a place everybody wants to be. 
And so we live out here in the hinterlands on the edge of the world, on the edge of time, close to the end of something, where things have deteriorated. And you're in the publishing business, and you've got a book we put out. A Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy starts to have problems with it. But the original is what you want. I'm right now trying to find the original Word manuscript for, for Alphabet Soup to, to send back to you guys. Wow. So Hebrew is the original Word Perfect, so to speak, manuscript that God spoke to us in specific languages. And he and, and the Hebrew Alphabet, it matches the structure of all things in the living world. Right. Yes, you show that in your book. It's amazing. Well, you know, in seminary, I had to take Greek, which is very complicated. And then when I started Hebrew, it was very difficult, but then it got really simple. And of course, I imagine the un unpointed text was really simple. And, and that kind of reminds me that that must be the origin point. You know, as things get older, we get more complex, we get more developed, but to see a completely simple language such as Hebrew, I've often wondered, you think that might be the language of heaven? I, I suppose I don't know. I, I haven't been. I, I haven't been there. I, I visit, you know, once in a while in, in visions and stuff, but not. The Lord always speaks to me in Hebrew and right. in, in in English. I'm not fluent in Hebrew, so right. if it is, He's going to have to have a translator for me. As we proceed, why was the Hebrew Old Testament written without any vowels, while the Greek New Testament is peppered with these spiritual breath sounds and, of course, very complicated? Yeah, the. Vowels are A-E-I-O-U in English and in other languages, and they're the breath sounds. A person is one through whom the sound passes, persona. That's where that comes from. And the sound that passes through you is a tone, like a, like a singing tone. But we're speaking by interrupting that tone and cutting it off. And when you cut something off, you kill it. So the letter of the law kills, but the spirit makes alive. So in the Old Testament, it's all only the letter of the law, and it's what happened. The New Testament is not just the letter of the law, but it's why it happened, and it contains the vowel sound that aren't officially coded into Hebrew. All they right. put was the, was the stuff they killed. The last word in the Old Testament is curse. The first sentence in the New Testament is, these are the generations of of Jesus Christ. It's about life and new life and why this happened. So the Old Testament is what happened, the New Testament is why, and you have to have the Holy Spirit to understand why anything. Right. Yeah, impossible without the Spirit. Well, right. friends, did you know that there is the same number of amino acids, the protein building blocks of life, as there are letters in the Hebrew Aleph Bet? And Dr. Thurston, I found that to be very fascinating. Maybe you could Explain the significance of both being number 22 in number. Well, there are actually 27 in both. There's 22 regular Hebrew forms, and then there are five final forms right. that look different at the end of a sentence, which is mm -hmm. the only complication in Hebrew. Everything else is pretty straightforward. Right. With amino acids, there are 22 that are strictly structural amino acids. And then there are five others that can be both structural and neurotransmitting, like gamma amino butyric acid, GABA, is a neurotransmitter. But it's also a structural, and so it can sometimes be structural and sometimes be a neurotransmitter chemical f function. So with the Hebrew alphabet, you've got essentially the structure of the New Testament. If you take a New Testament, English New Testament, and you start with Revelation at the back, because it's going to open it up like a Hebrew book, 
you're going to have 22 epistles until you get to Romans. And then before Romans, there's a, there's the book of Acts, which is which has four gospels before that. So you have five final forms and 22 letters. The Greek New Testament is structured the same as the Hebrew alphabet, the same as the amino acids that make up the, the structure of life. All proteins are are strings of amino acids. Every one of them in leaves and plants and weeds, in microorganisms and people, it's the same code of life. I strongly suspect that the Lamb's Book of Life is also copied in biological structures and that each of those amino acids may have a Hebrew letter that corresponds with it. Hebrew University has been working on a project with this for a long time, but I don't know how far they've come. Right, right. I've been reading your book. There are just too many of these similarities to be a random chance happening. It's kind of like in your book you talk about the Hebrew letter Sheen or Sin has the same shape as the three valleys descending from the summit of Mount Moriah. Now, if you take an aerial shot, like from a drone, look down, the shape of the valleys match the letter. And then you've got so many cases where that's true. And I'm thinking, well, this can't just be coincidental. There's a purpose. There's a message. There's a significance about the language and about how God has been speaking to mankind for many centuries. There are literally millions of similarities like that. The Shin one is funny because it's the first letter of the word Shaddai in Hebrew, which means breast, or the provider god El Shaddai. It's composed, the valleys are the Hinnom Valley to the west, the Tyropian Valley in the middle, and the Valley of Jehoshaphat to the east. And the middle Tyropian Valley is called, often called the Valley of the Cheesemakers, but there weren't cheesemakers there. It's just a wedge-shaped valley. It was a cheese wedge. So that's where that comes from. Well, those are the only, those walls were not taken by foreign powers. They've only been taken twice. When Joab went up the water spout, the, the channel, the tunnel, uh-huh. uh, for David, and when Mordecai Gur took Jerusalem in the 67 war on June 6, 1967, and the only time that Jerusalem was conquered from the south, from those ramparts, was by legitimate authority of Jewish conquerors. Everything else has come from the north, which is evil, and the south is good. And so the word breastworks probably comes from the word Shaddai and the invincibility of those walls on the south side of Jerusalem. Wow. Well, friends, our guest is Dr. Chuck Thurston, MD, and many other things, as we've mentioned. Uh, He's a fascinating individual and has written a fascinating book, A Left Bet Soup, decoding the hidden message in the letters of the book. Among other things, he discusses why Satan and his minions have such a great interest in the English Bible. Among many other things, he also discusses the deeper meaning of the fish symbol that was used in the early church. Our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. Ask for the book, A Left Bet Soup, decoding the hidden message in the letters of the book. Our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. Now let's get back to our discussion with Dr. Chuck Thurston. Tell us, and I've wondered, and I'm sure our listeners have wondered about it, why the English alphabet is in its order. What's the significance of that? Well, it's not because of Mozart's song, which (laughs) sometimes gets translated as Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It was established by God. You've got to start with something. It's the undefined beginning. And he put those letters in that order. But the fact that they're in that order, the first letter is Aleph, which is the 
what we get our A from, and it's the first letter of L, as in El Shaddai, and we get the word all from it, like all-powerful, almighty. And then the last letter is a Tav. A Tav is a T, it's not a Z. It doesn't end with Z, it ends with T, something that sounds like a T, and it looks like a cross. So I wanted to know why... There are so many Aleph Tavs in the Hebrew text. I'm not a fluent Hebrew speaker. I couldn't tell you where the Sheratim is when we were in Israel. They have somebody have to tell me what that is. That's the toilet in Israel. But uh, I really don't have fluent conversational Hebrew skills. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But the Lord has revealed stuff about the shape of the letters to me and hundreds of other people over history. I got some of the stuff from them, and I got some of the things from the Lord. But I couldn't figure out, as a non-Hebrew, non-fluent, Reader, if I looked at a page of Hebrew, there were pairs of letters, Aleph Tavs, there's A's and T's all over the page. A literate person wouldn't notice. Right. But since I didn't know what I was looking at, I was just <laughs> looking at patterns, and I thought, why are there so many Aleph Tavs? And I wanted to know that. So I got a book called The First 700 Words in Hebrew or something, uh, The First 100 Words in Hebrew, and I think Answers in Genesis has that out. And I was thrilled. I thought, great. Genesis 1 1 starts out, Bereshit dera Elohim et. That's the Aleph Tav, et. Hashemayim Bacharet. There's seven words, like the seven lampstands of the menorah. The middle word is the Aleph Tav. In the lampstand, the middle lamp is the servant lamp, and that's where Jesus stands in Revelation in the midst of the lampstand. So it would have to have something to do with him. In Greek, he's the Alpha Omega. That's the beginning and the ending, the first and last. So in Hebrew, he would be that also. In Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that Aleph Tav is never translated, because it's not, it's a particle. We don't have particles in formal English. But we do have it in what I call American hillbilly language <laughs> that I grew up with. It's the term, that there. Point to something, you say, that there. Right. That there thing is a particle. It's a pointer word. And so it says, in the beginning, God created that there, created by the that there, the heavens and the earth. Right. Jesus is the creator. God made the heavens and the earth through the word of God. We know that by him all things are created, and without him was not anything made that was made. And John 1.1 is a parallel passage to Genesis 1.1. All of a sudden that Aleph top became important. And then between the words heaven and earth, Hashemayim, which is the waters above, and earth, Vat, earth, there's a Vav Aleph Tav. Vav is the sixth Hebrew letter, and Aleph Tav is the first and last. You have the Alpha Omega number six, which stands for man. So you have the Alpha Omega man bridging heaven and earth, and you have all of them being created by just the Alpha Omega guy. I mean, that's a lot of stuff in just two little letters. Yeah, wow. Well, there's all of that information. You know, you you talk about the information in, in DNA, and you point out, And I think it's fascinating that there are information codes in the text of Scripture, and you see that in Moses' tabernacle. I don't remember at all, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, how they're related. That's fascinating. Well, I've got to do a little talk on this up in in Michigan at the end of of September uh, on the 21st and 22nd when this might be airing. I don't know. Yeah, I think. And uh, it's, it's a thing I'm working on right now that's not out yet called the body codes. And I'll send it to you guys as soon as I, I get done with it. And I've been working on it for 20 years, but it'll be done this month. <laughs> so, wow. But the tabernacle in the wilderness is a picture of, of, of the human body. And it's, it's a thing called the, what I call the body codes. At Revelation 3, it says, And there proceeded out of the throne of God lightnings and thunderings and voices. Well, it turns out that your heart 
has an EKG electrical activity that stimulates the muscle to contract, which then makes thundering noises, and that there are four valves in and around the heart, and that there are four living creatures in and around the heart, and the, the whole thing sits in the midst of four and 20 elders because you have two sets of 12 ribs. And I got that sort of in a vision. I, I've not read that anywhere. Michael Hoggard gave me the two sets of 12 ribs one time mm, in, a, in a conversation, and, and he's a wonderful guy to know, too. Yeah. But everything else was, was by in a vision. So in the tabernacle of the wilderness, the boards on the, uh, the tabernacle has, uh, has boards that are gold-plated, gold-covered, gilded with gold, around the center uh, of the holy place, the holy of holies, and et cetera. The holy of holies is like the chest cavity. The holy place is like the abdomen perineal cavity, and then the courtyard is like the rest of your body. It also it matches the, an, a standard cell. Well, let me tell you that first part first. Okay. The, the Ark of the Covenant would be the heart. The cherubim who rise up on either side with those wings over the Ark would be the lungs. If you look at an x-ray, you see a heart, and you see these arching wings on either side. The veil is the diaphragm. Outside the veil, you have the altar of incense, a golden altar of incense, which supplies an atmosphere. And it's the pancreas that supplies, and it doesn't have a, it's not a nerve and it's not a, a blood vessel. Mm, it right. just puts out hormones. Then you have the menorah, which is the, uh, stands in the temple, in the tabernacle, in the place of the tree of life. And you have the liver on the same side of your body as the menorah would be if it was laid down. On, and, the, and the tabernacle is a picture of the Lord Jesus laid down in the wilderness before he's raised up. And it's a picture of his of his passion, of his of his birth, virgin birth, his perfect life, his death, and his resurrection, and that's all laid out in the tabernacle. The table of showbread, which is your bread basket, which is your stomach, is on the other side of the abdomen, and then there's a brazen laver which has got water in it, and in your body you have a water container. There's a up with two chambers with two pans, one up and one lower. The upper one is the bladder, the lower is the kidneys. The, the lower one are the, is the bladder. So that's a picture in the human body of the tabernacle in the wilderness of the, the cellular structure of, uh, of a human cell. Any eukaryotic organism cell wow. has a nucleus, which is the holy of holies. Things don't go in and out of that nucleus for fun. In the nucleus is a nucleolus, which contains the DNA, which is the word of God, which is, the, which is our contract with our creator. And we have the, the chromosomes are housed in there, and they're not red, just like the Moses tabernacle in the wilderness, the Torah that was in there, and the Ten Commandments were never read by anybody, only copies of that. So copies of the DNA go out as transfer and messenger RNA out into the holy place, which is the mitochondria, endoplasmic reticulum, mm. Golgi bodies. It's where things are assembled, and that's where the Levites would take the copies of the DNA and make it into laws and edicts and statutes, judgments, and, and laws, the three-legged stool of all human government. Well, I'm going to have to jump so, in here be, because we're just about yeah. out of time, but thank you so much. We're looking forward to having you back on our next show. And so, friends, be sure to tune in to our next broadcast. This is your Watchman on the Wall broadcast of Southwest Radio Church. Dr. Thurston will be back on tomorrow's program to continue teaching about the Hebrew alphabet. You can order your copy of his book, Olive Bait Soup, for your gift of $15 by calling us at 1-800-652-1144. That's 
652-1144 or by visiting us online at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. If you haven't already, make sure that you register for our upcoming conferences. Saturday, September 30th is our special one-day prophecy conference in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm excited to be at this conference along with Michael Hoggard, Larry Stamm, Micah Van Hus, and Clayton Van Hus, and I hope to see you there, friends. Plan to join us October 26th through the 28th in Columbus, Ohio for our biggest conference of the year. Three days, over a dozen speakers, including our keynote speaker, Jonathan Kahn. Don't miss out. Register today. Visit the events page at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. Jonathan Kahn, Bill Federer, Mac Dominic, Donald Perkins, Doug Stauffer, Lonnie Shipman, and many others. Secure your seat today, 1-800-652-1144 or register online at swrc.com and click on events. Here's Marvin McIlvaney with a Bible in the News report. When I was growing up and someone would say, shame on you, that was enough to make you stop doing whatever it was you were doing. Well, usually it was enough to make you stop. You know what? You never hear that word anymore. Shame is one of the first emotions mentioned in the Bible. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve never felt it, even though they were naked. We read in Genesis 2.25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. But then, after the fall, shame became inescapable. We've all experienced shame. God meets it out as punishment to the worst sinners. In his book titled Shame, Free Yourself, Find Joy, and Build True Self-Esteem, Joseph Burgo, a psychotherapist, says, quote, Shame is a whole family of emotions, which includes embarrassment, guilt, self-consciousness, humiliation, all those things where we feel bad about ourselves. They all involve this painful awareness of self, close quotes. I think it's normal to feel bad about things sometimes. We all make mistakes like forgetting people's names or failing to do a favor for someone after they asked you to. But what about when you feel so bad for what you did, you can't separate the behavior from who you are as a person? Like, did I do that? Is that shame or guilt? Shame says, I'm a bad person, but Guilt says, I did a bad thing. I can tell you about someone who doesn't have a problem with shame or guilt, and her name is Susanna Gibson. Susanna Gibson is a Democratic candidate in the race for the Virginia General Assembly. She denounced reports on Monday that she and her husband had performed live on a sexually explicit streaming site. She's not denying her and her husband did stream live sexual activity on the internet, She's mad that it got reported. The Washington Post and the Associated Press reported on Monday that tapes of live-streamed sexual activity had been recorded from a pornographic site and archived on another site. Susanna Gibson said in a statement that the leaks about the online activity were, quote, an illegal invasion of my privacy designed to humiliate me and my family, close quotes. Releasing damaging information about your opponent in the heat of a campaign is as old as the hills in politics. But the bold, sensational posting of the sex tapes featuring Mrs. Gibson and her husband is highly unusual. Gibson asked for, quote, 
donations and tips for performing specific acts, close quotes, telling viewers she was raising money for a good cause. Mrs. Gibson called the release of the tapes the worst gutter politics. Daniel P. Watkins, an attorney for Mrs. Gibson, said it was unlawful to record someone in a state of undress and distribute it to a third party without that person's consent. Quote, it's illegal and it's disgusting to spread this kind of material, and we're working closely with the FBI and local prosecutors to bring the wrongdoers to justice, Mr. Watkins says. Her attorney is saying that it's illegal and it's disgusting to spread it, but it's not illegal and disgusting to make it. Apparently, because she is a nurse with two children and wants to get involved in politics, we shouldn't notice anything else she does. Mrs. Gibson gave no indication she was considering dropping out of the race. Quote, it won't intimidate me and it won't silence me. My political opponents and their Republican allies have proven they're willing to commit a sex crime to attack me and my family because there's no line they won't cross to silence women when they speak up. I don't think anyone is trying to silence women, and I think crossing the line happens when you become a public fornicator. I don't want someone like that making laws for me and representing me and my family. Speaking of local government, Cobb County School District Superintendent Chris Ragsdale was adamant during a Thursday board meeting that he would do his best to protect students from what he called pornographic material. Quote, I, as superintendent, will not knowingly allow children in the Cobb County School District to access lewd, vulgar, sexually explicit, obscene, or pornographic material. Mr. Cobb goes on to say, let me be clear. Anyone working in education who knowingly provides students with access to sexually explicit, obscene, or pornographic material should not be in a position of educating other people's children. Ragsdale told parents on Thursday that he was proud of making some books unavailable, including Flamer. Flamer is a semi-autobiographical graphic novel set in 1995. It tells the story of Aiden, a young boy who was bullied at a Boy Scout summer camp. I want to be very clear, Ragsdale said. The situation is about right and wrong, good and evil. There is no middle ground in this situation. You are either in favor of providing inappropriate material to children, or you are against it. I assure you, I am against it, and I will not be moved. I know some people are beat down from years of COVID, everything going up in price, gas, food, inflation, wars. Our president can't find his shoes. Our enemies are watching us very closely. We are in some serious trouble. We have to stand up to the corruption of our society. Remember that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Thank you, Marvin. Tomorrow, Pastor Larry continues his discussion with Charles Thurston on the Hebrew alphabet. And Pastor Larry has an important talk with Pastor Joe McTarsney about how churches are responding to the Hawaiian wildfire victims. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading the SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our website, swrc.com. There you'll find the latest headlines from the End Times video from Dr. Larry Spargimino, our latest Watchman on the Wall programs, and timely articles that will inform and strengthen your faith. 
While you're there, check out our extensive archive of past programs and the Resource Center filled with over 1,000 books and DVDs. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit SWRC.com.